for an 8 p.m. show, so, um, yeah, but shit, I get it now, for sure. Um, uh, man, before we, we get into it, uh, Dan, do you want to do, do the honors, introduce yourself? Absolutely. My name is Dan Trahey, and I'm absolutely happy to be here today. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, for people listening, he has been on here once, and um, which was pretty fun. Uh, just got to uh, kind of play like devil's advocate a little bit with you, Natalie and Pete, see what's going on in the education world. But um, man, I, I just wanted to have you on here by yourself just because like you have your own, like, you know, just plethora of shit that you've, uh, I guess, experienced and have done and, and all that. So, um, but yeah, man, I mean, let, let's just start with, let's start with what you, what you do. What, what, what would you say? you do and like your positions and all that stuff go ahead sure so i mean my main focus is in facilitating other people's creativity um facilitating collective voice um and building programs really building bridges um in gaps in education or accessibility to education um and that manifests itself through uh, building programs. And so a lot of those are housed at larger organizations um, than the organizations I start. So for instance, like Marin Alsop and I started the Baltimore Symphony Orchids program, and that's under the umbrella of uh, the Baltimore Symphony. Um, you know, there's New Deco Next in Miami that is uh, part of the New Deco Ensemble. There's the Tune In program that is part of the Peabody Institute. Um, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so I always tell people this, like I feel, and I've told you this a bunch of times, I feel um, privileged to have uh, seen, though I wasn't like an orchid myself, um, being there during the first couple, I think the first summer, um, or one of the first couple summers where things were still pretty, uh, you know, in, in like you were still very much in like the birth of it all and um I, I always feel lucky to have been a part of it just from like the fundamentals of being able to see any company or organization like grow from the very beginning and then like look at it a decade later or whatever and just be like wow okay like i i understand now like just like the like just the, the turns that something can take and or what it takes to just get something off the ground, the dedication necessary to have um, that might not, you know, at the very beginning, um, uh, it might be hard to see the reward um, starting off. I think anyone who's ever started anything like knows how tough it can be to just like get people, you know, off their ass um, without like a clear reward, you know? So anyway, I mean, you, you can talk about that in terms of, uh, the origin of orchids, just like the idea that came, you know how 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 it just came to be, and you know just whatever you think is uh, important in terms of like just to note like how it, how it started off. Sure, I mean it's interesting that you say that about um, 
the reward. I actually find the reward when you start something to maybe be more immediate than um, when something is a little bit older. Mm. Um, I mean, for instance, like adding a seventh kid to your six person ensemble, like that percentage of growth is huge, right? Right. Going from six to seven kids. But when you go from, you know, I don't know, from a thousand to eleven hundred, that's, you know, not as much of a percentage even. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting or like, you know, making those initial connections. Um, and really, you know, it's this audacity of hope starting something and being so hopeful and being so reliant on other people. Um, and really that's like how we, how we make music and, and all that. So I, I feel it's at its pure, a lot of times it's at its purest forms when it, when it starts, when something starts. Yeah. Um, and, and later on I'm trying to find ways to you know, reinstill that purity or that beginner's mind or that, uh, that creative aspect or that um, by any means necessary mentality that we started with. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's um uh it's tough just because uh for lack of a better word, like the purity that is that you're a part when you're a part of something in the very beginning, um there's not a lot of hands in the pot, I guess. So there's just like more the, the communication is easier because there are less people to have to communicate with. Like the challenges in a way are harder because you have less people, but they're easier in many ways because like there are less, you know, just things and like, you know, bullshit that you have to like run by or whatever just to get something done. So that, you know, there, there's, it's like pros and cons to um, being smaller and um, with your, your kind of work, I'm always just, you know, uh, curious just because um, I, if anything, I would say the only con, like the only downside from coming from like your uh, teaching and, and a program of yours is um, going into then like working for other programs and realizing like, oh, okay, like this is just not the same <laughs> in the sense, in the sense that like, um, Again, being able to see Orchids from its origin, tuned in from its origin, and seeing you like sweep the floors and take kids home yourselves until you could like very until you could delegate those responsibilities. I didn't realize that that wasn't normal. I didn't realize that like that level of hustle. And I and I and and, and to be clear to like you and everyone listening, like by hustle, I don't mean like you're like sitting emailing your ass off. I mean like you go home like with like fucking like dirt on your clothes because like you did shit like you really went out there and did shit like you were you know now of course you know you can get these interns you can get these people to do all this stuff you can get grants from here and do all that but like i, I just i just want to know man how how where where did you because i mean you went, you went to peabody then you went to you know yale so it's unclear to me where you learned like like how you knew that you needed to really get like your fucking like nails dirty like into this to to get it off the ground. I don't think that's obvious. So just how how did you know that like all doing all of that was absolutely necessary? 
Yeah, I mean, okay. So I think one thing that is a blessing for me is that I have a very work work person's mentality, but I have hope and I have dream as well. Okay, and those those don't always coincide with each other, but um, yeah, I I think it comes from watching people in my you know small hometown start small businesses and be the CEO, the CFO, the the head cook and the and the cleaner as well, um, and then honestly watching them hire other employees and questioning the my burger mm. when it wasn't them making it because like that person spent so much time thinking they're like okay I'm gonna make this a square burger yeah. maybe they try to rect uh, you know I don't know rectangle burger like the chicken sandwich from Burger King the OG <laughs> chicken sandwich you know or that you know that's getting into more of like a cheesesteak situation. Yeah. Um, which eventually could get you into some sort of like beef burrito situation. But like, you know, like I saw burgers change from small businesses and like it, it, and it sometimes got better and it sometimes wasn't as good. You know, the integrity wasn't there anymore. Um, I don't know, like that, it's, you know, it's Hollywood, but watching that uh, Ray Kroc movie, Founder. Yeah. Um, and just watching both the the McDonald's guys and Kroc, like, how meticulous they were and how excited they were and like picking up trash off the parking lot like you know this all that stuff it's you know that that's where that comes from 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 watching all of those people start really small things see where i'm from there's not a lot of um big machine right mm-hmm. so you you got this is northern michigan right so you've got uh, you got government you've got interlocking you've got a hospital system um, public schools or government. So like there's not much of any other like large scale thing. So a lot of people are doing the Jack and Jill of all trades. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's really where that comes from. And then also the pride in like your spot, I mean, you, people used to get so mad at me for like wanting to clean all the time, mm-hmm. um, wanting to get the storage closets clean and everything organized and like, you know, and look, I want to say that like if you're good at hiring people, then and you're really, really good at communication, then you can keep that forever. I mean, like there are some companies where you meet their employees and you're just like, oh my gosh, like what's up with these people? Yeah. Um, I had some guy track me down on a ski hill and ask me why I was skiing back country on a pair of Nordica Doberman's race skis because he worked for Nordica and he literally like came down a cliff to like ask me that question because he's obsessed with his company and like wanted to know what I thought about skiing them back country because they're, they're really, they're racing skis. So like there are some people and he's not the founder of that company. That company has been going on forever, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I saw this a lot cause you know, growing up in Michigan with the automobile industry that people dealt with the machine of the big three auto industry because they were car people. They grew up in in southern Michigan, and like they heard the rumbles of those engines. And I mean, I'm gonna I'm way out of league here, but like they'd be talking about carburetors and all kinds of stuff, and like what the Hemi's were going to be, and all this stuff. And like they're obsessed, so like they they'll go and work for someone and, and deal with that large scale situation, so that they can be in the industry they want to be in. And we get a lot of that. In our industry, so you know, just because like it's not like it was in the beginning doesn't mean that uh, it's not really good now. Right. Um, but just maybe it has a little bit less of that, like you know, kind of small town approach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I, how do you learn it? That's a big question. 
how, how if you don't have it in you to like do the small things, how do you learn it? Well, yeah. So if you know if, if musicians are listening to this this right now, um, you've already got it. Right. Right. Any small detail oriented thing, you just take that into what you're doing and just do it. And like, don't expect anyone to do it for you until it's good enough where you can hire someone else to do it. But then you've really got to train that person the right way or they're not going to do it the way. And they're not going to understand why the corners need to be swept the way that you understand the corners need to be swept. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, in, in other words, I don't think it would be obvious for someone to like be like, okay, I now have a master's from Yale. Now I am excited to go like drop people off back home, like in the hood in West Baltimore. Like I like like that I, I think saying it that way, I I don't I do not think that like well, one, that requires to put down or, you know, to to eliminate like any ego. Like like doing something like that, you can't really have a lot of ego um, or I mean even in some cases fear like first of all I mean even if you do realize that that's you know what needs to be done I think to to be able to drop the prejudice that you might have on this community and like go in there yourself like that's a whole other you know thing so that's probably I mean that's probably even a, a, a maybe the a better uh, or just you know my next question for you is just like how because you, you come from a town, um, you know, where, like, I, I don't even know. I mean, like, there's there's maybe, like, a, <laughs> a handful of black people I've seen the two times, like, the two times I've been there. And, um, but, you know, uh, the way that you carry yourself, uh, I don't think, any, I don't think I or anyone would uh, guess that you come from a town like that. Um, because you seem very comfortable in basically any community, not just the black or white community or any, you know, socioeconomic level or whatever. But um, how were you just like able to immediately dive in? And what did, did, what, did you do anything like mentally beforehand to maybe eliminate some prejudices or just change the way that you view certain things before going into these communities? Um, yeah, I mean, a beginner's mind, right? Like I have no, trying to have no preconceived notion of, uh, what is right, what is wrong. Um, even like why something might be wrong or right. Um, and then just doing a tremendous amount of learning. Um, and I don't know where that comes from. Like my mom really talked about how your eyes looked and like making your eyes open so maybe that's like a preparation thing I do, and then like body, body positioning when I'm coming into a new situation, um, and realizing that if I have an agenda, that it may not be someone else's agenda. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, that's really it. Asking tons of questions, um, and you know, it, like yeah, there are techniques, right? Like know know something about that community, right? That you're, you're going to talk to, or you're going to, you know, whatever you're doing there. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned that from my outreach days, what they used to call it when we were doing uh, chamber music concerts and all over, all over the country. And like, you know, you learn like three things about uh, Tacoma, Washington, mm -hmm. and you go play a concert there and people are so psyched that you know stuff. Yeah. You know, they, so you did a little bit of research, but you don't know enough to not ask a bunch of questions. So you're asking a bunch of questions and all of a sudden, People are like, oh, yeah, that dude. And you didn't even say anything. 
you didn't have to put an agenda out there whatsoever um, at first. Um, also, you have to remember that like I lived in Baltimore for a lot of years before I started any programming there. Right. Um, so, and then just you know, just another thing about the ego and the lack of ego thing. Like I, I don't think that that's true for me at least. I think there was a tremendous ego there in terms of um, being upset with society for suggesting that something couldn't happen. And like, it's, especially like when I would go talk to people and they say, we tried to create a great music programs in Baltimore City and it failed. And then people saying like, wouldn't help us support that, trying again. And I was like, well, of course there's gonna be an ego there. Cause I was, it's an ego for the people of the world, really, right? Mm -hmm. Like, no, that's not true. Like we, if with proper nurturing and, and all kinds of other environmental things that need to happen, like anyone can do anything. Yeah. You know, if we really get down to like baby is born or before baby is born is really where we need to take care of a lot of our, our social things in our country, which means that we're talking about generational change. Like we have, we need multiple generations now that are going to need to make changes in order for us to really move forward. Um, but how can you tell me that a child that's not born into this world yet is not, doesn't have a chance? Mm. You know that was that was that was really bothersome to me. So it was more of like an ego for for us as humans. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so then there's just another thing I need to talk about because you're asking about how to how to get in these communities. Now I have to say that like I have struggled in more wealthy communities mm -hmm. because that's not what I grew up with, and on, I honestly felt like a lot of times I had to be really nice growing up because we had a bunch of people that were rich that lived around, along lakes and like that's how we got to the lakes and that's how we got invited to those parties and that's how I got to first come to Interlochen and um, and all that and that that just all has it always made me feel uncomfortable but because of my background and our financial situation like we we know what's going on my family knows what's going on in terms of struggle in terms of not being able to pay bills in terms of only being able to accept full scholarships or not being able to attend things. Um, and don't, don't get me wrong. I still have a golden spoon in my mouth. There's no doubt about it. Like, like my parents, um, I grew up in a place where there were extra resources. Mm -hmm. So those extra resources came to people like me. There were all kinds of cool people around that were way open to helping people because, um, they didn't have to be fear-based, right? No one's trying to break into their house. Um, other people around them are, are happy, uh, affluent, you know, so there was a lot of trickle down. Yeah. You know, I think may maybe Reagan's trickle down economics, maybe it worked in a place like Traverse City, Michigan, where there's like just not as much going on. So another thing is that just the juxtaposition of wealth and like seeing and having friends that att all attended the exact same school and people with private jets and people you know that were coming in smelling like wood smoke that had chopped the wood that went into the fire that cooked their food and heated their house that probably their grandpa built mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah so and good luck for those those kids being late to school because there's not a car out there in rural and in the middle of nowhere yeah and so like that kid was getting his butt to the bus because like his mom didn't was not having him sit up in that home all day yeah yeah man um yeah that 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 I, I really appreciate that, like very like um, graphic, like or, or or detailed insight, um, just into 
you know, your story and, and going into it. And, and in terms of like the, the ego thing, I think I, I do like, I think that the ego would be there if you don't understand how that like, quote unquote, uh, you know, uh, I guess a task that you would deem like not uh, fit for a creative director or whatever, like sweeping the floors or dropping people off. Um, I think, yeah, the ego would be there if you're only looking at it if you're not like, if you're not thinking of the bigger picture as you're doing that thing, and you obviously you are, you know, you you think shit through, so you like know that like this sweeping thing, you're not literally just sweeping the floor, like you are creating a program, like that is just as important as emailing this person for this or that for you know or raising money or whatever. So, um, yeah, which well, yeah, go ahead, dude. Yeah, I got I say that like you know, people seeing someone clean up a space that to them seems like a mundane space mm-hmm. and that you you see as a castle or as a concert hall or as a garden spot where creativity and and nurturing and safety can be had like that's really poignant you know yeah um so all that sweeping all that like painting of walls and whatever whatever those things are like that's just like showing that you care yeah. you know and you see it like right people now, not everyone does this, but like so much of the time, like you can tell about someone's integrity, but like how their house looks. Yeah, yeah. You know, did did do, do they get up and do the grass or whatever? And like, maybe it's not even integrity. Maybe it's like, do they are they a person that has the means to do that? Like, do they have enough time to do that mm-hmm. stuff? Like, you know, it's like you can really tell a lot about that. And I felt like a lot of the kids looked at me and laughed and were like, or the, the adults and were said, well, why would you clean that up? It's just, there's mice around and there's this. And it's just like, no way. Like whatever we got, we're going to make the best we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, and if this, these floors don't look good, if these walls don't look good, then how am I going to get the kids to respect their instruments? Yeah. Which by the way, aren't going to look good when they start because yeah. <laughs> um, we didn't have the money to give them nice instruments. And also we didn't want to give them nice instruments because they were like, you know, eight year olds and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you, 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 that, I mean, that doesn't even, that's not even like a rich or poor or whatever thing. That's just like a, uh, I don't know. I mean, you, you don't get someone a Ferrari as their first car unless, you know, you're that kid. But most of us are, are, you know, getting something that's been, you know, that was like an extra in a fucking Transformers movie, like rolling around the highway all <laughs> dented up and shit. Like, that's, that's normal. Like, so, like, yeah, no, that that totally makes sense, man. And um, yeah, I would, I would. It, th- this is to to me this conversation I love just because um, you know it it, uh, it unfor- unfortunately in community work um, or really in any industry everything at some point beco- just becomes a job. Everything at some point, it, it, you you just start you know start doing the motions. I just had on uh, um, a doctor; she's a physical therapist, and um, I mean, we were even just talking about how um, uh, doctors, um, uh, physic- physicians, like finding this one formula or way of like dealing with all patients instead of giving like you know your all, your individual, like your thought to each individual that you deal with, and really trying to like get to the root of an issue. Um, uh, but there's just certain jobs that like, you can't just like, 
you 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 have to really try hard to not fall into some type of pattern. Like like you have to you have to roll with the challenges of that day. I would say that community work, um, you know, things that you do and, and people you work with, like it 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 really just can't turn into like a typical business model. It just can't. Um, and and on on that note, man, like. Uh, Dude, I, 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 don't, I don't even know how to word this, but um, does, it, does it make sense for someone to go to a conventional, like, like a classical business school or program and then like become the CEO of something like this kind of work? Like, does that, does that make sense to you? It, it does if um, it does. Very much so. Um, I think there's a few ways, a few other factors involved. So having those skills um, doesn't turn you into a person who isn't mission-driven. Right? If you truly have a mission, then no matter what the logistics are that you need to do, like you, can, you can maintain that mission. Now, will it change slightly? Yes. But, you know, I don't know. Like a lot of us who are for lack of better terms, maybe a little bit more hippie, like if we don't have some of those skills around us or if we don't gather those skills, like it, it doesn't take off. Now, I want to I say something else about that. Not taking off is completely fine if things keep rolling, mm-hmm. right? Like let's say, you know, let's say you got a six-person uh, tuba studio in your basement and you're only teaching kids that can't afford it you have an instrument fleet that you've, you know, that, that you've, uh, someone has donated and whatever, you, you get some money to send the kids to a camp every year, you keep it to six kids, like you don't need a, a, any sort of degree to do that. Right. And like if every single person did that, then we wouldn't need any of this music stuff or we'd be coming together for different stuff, right? We'd be like, hey, I got, my t- I got the tuba players, you got the flute players, uh, we're gonna have the biggest orchestras and bands in the world. If we each took that upon ourselves to do to start our own little tiny nonprofits, so to speak, and you know this happened like in the Cub Scouts, where like moms and dads were our our um, Cub leaders, right? right? And like going through the merit badges, trying to figure out how to tie knots like an hour before the thing, like it's cool, like it, that exists all over the place, and especially at the introductory levels, like that can happen and be very effective. Mm-hmm. So. I, you know, I guess one thing is like I would never tell anyone not to start something just because they didn't have that. Mm-hmm. I would just suggest start a lot smaller. And really, when you're talking about things um, that they're dealing with in those business degrees, you're really talking about scalability. Like your original idea can go with almost like what's your idea, and then do it with the smallest and amount of people or the smallest amount of variables, so that you're successful. Yeah. That if that's what you want, do it. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, you make a great point. We've had this conversation um, many times. Uh, even w- like when I was like in my teens, I kind of was curious. I maybe I didn't articulate it well, but I was like, "Damn, like, like, uh, what is the motivation behind taking like a hundred kid program and then making it a thousand? Like." I understand human nature is to just maximize everything, but what 
first of all, what is the mission statement? And does that help achieve that? Like, on, on just on a very, very basic level, I mean... You you just you know you mentioned scalability and 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 just you know, discussing all of that, but in a program, and it's not just orchids or anything, just every program where there is this like um, a typical business mindset of expansion. It's like okay, let's sell uh, more cars th- next year than we did this year, but. With this kind of work where it's like, okay, our mission is to uh, use music or use this thing to promote social change or give these people opportunities or whatever, um, there is this blend of needing to find, like, like quality control basically is what I'm saying. And, and how, 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 how do you keep growing it without it getting totally out of hand where like everyone's in the room's like, well, like, what the fuck are we actually doing? I know that's, <laughs> that's not really a clear question, but you know what, I'm, you know what I'm, I'm talking about in terms of just like this need to grow and why is that even there? That's a great question. And then, then actually defining what growth is, yeah. right? So let's say you have a thousand students and you have to really look at the numbers of hours they're served, um, how, the quality of their instruction, number of weeks that they're, that students are being served, um, what their outside opportunities are, what's provided for them, um, what the college path is, you know, retention rates, blah, 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 all that stuff is really, really, that is numbers, not, not the number of kids that are in the program. Um, I think our country goes through cycles where funders are interested in numbers. So it just basically goes from breadth to depth, from breadth to depth, back and forth, back and forth. And that's another thing is that we are, you know, because of the way our system is set up with donations instead of it coming from the government like it does, would in Austria or something like that. And there are strikes and gutters with both, both ways of doing things. Um, we have to kind of go with the tide a little bit. Um, I have no idea why people are trying to get so much bigger, OC. Mm. There's just no, I mean, it, it really is difficult to do. And um, I have yet to see it truly successful um, where you get like every single student that says like they have had, had a great experience here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, in, in here, you know, here's another thing like, okay, you've got this great program and it serves 100 kids. Does, doesn't that, start to seem elitist if you've already like we you you know you know what you're doing and then you know it's so it's really hard because we're not trying to make something that's like an ivory tower again we're trying to create accessibility but when the accessibility isn't that good then you don't hook the student anymore and then they don't get the benefits musically artistically socially um of being in the program because it's not good enough. I, I don't know. I, I'm very, very proud of the Peabody Institute's tuned in program mm-hmm. for that for that alone. Same here, um, man. Shit. Uh, I don't think but, I don't think you so, and I'd be having this conversation if there were like a thousand of me. So but please continue. I'm not sure the world would still be around. Or maybe there'd be like five worlds if there were a thousand of you. <laughs> um, but I <laughs> I will say this, and this is interesting. Like, if you look at our first and second and third tuned-in classes, they kind of follow our first and second and third ORCIDs classes, where although there's a lot of care given each one of our students and all that, we're we're not seeing 
like six out of six students graduate and go on to like major conservatories, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, you know. And that's what we had at at, at tuned in. That's what the kind of stuff we had. So, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I don't know what happens. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. You know. But then, but then there are more systems in place so that I do feel like more students get served in in a better way, um, and it's it's more methodical and less like a seat of your pants type of situation. Yeah, and and, um, and that's why I asked if like if if it's a conscious thought of of expanding or it really is just like just very like not just not being aware of your own human nature and just like going into the office and just being like, I see 100, how do we make it 150? Like, I, 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 I just feel like you can just very, very easily allow human nature to just be like, like, like there might not even be a discussion as an organization as like this need, conscious need to expand. Like it literally just sup- somehow happens. Does, is that, is that, does that sound accurate at all like do you do you think like shit just gets bigger because that's human nature Mm, i think that yeah people might want to drive towards that but there i mean every organization i've been with it's been really serious conversations and there have been people that have been really not wanting to expand you know um and others that do i mean the the thing i'm most proud of at peabody is that you know we started with six kids and like right now, like we'll start this next year, you know, this is like 14 years in at probably 130, 140, 130 students, somewhere around there. OK. And like that's incredible um, because someone, one boss could have come in and said that needs to be 2000 students. And then we would have had to change our entire focus, you know. And I think about the number of hours, all the kids at all these camps and uh, and all the calls home. Um, you know, I think another thing is that we we don't give ourselves enough credit for what it takes. And like, I mean, I think you and I would be a, a prime example of this. Like, um, well, there's two things I want to say about this. One, I think because, you know, I, I believe the first six in your class went on to do amazing things. And by the way, not that every one of our students isn't doing amazing things. I'm just saying, like, our first six kids from your program went into music, you know, and where, you know, Sharnice got into the Fashion Institute um, in, in New York, like, you know, artists here. We're talking about artists, artists, artists. It's amazing. Um, and I believe that that happened because you guys were building this with us so that you felt like you were part of something. You felt like you were on the ground floor of something and building it, and you just, just, that's a different mentality than like coming into something years later. Um, and then the, the second thing is like, we don't give ourselves enough credit for how much work it is. Um, and so what happens is you don't account for that when you're hiring. Yeah. So if you and I were really to sit down and talk about the number of hours from, what was it, 12 years old for you? Uh, no, nah, dude, I, I, uh, that first summer I was like nine, maybe 10. Oh, nine. Yeah. Okay. So not, so from nine years old until whenever, um, if we were to total that number of hours, like, it, you know, how do you account for that? How I, it's just, there's so many people that would be necessary, but that's really what's necessary. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. You know, and, that, and that's where, where people get gummed up is they say, oh, no, we don't need this extra person or we don't need this extra person. It's like, well, if it if you really want to do something, think about how many hours that's going to take. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is, uh, is I was uh, having a conversation with um, actually uh, Micah, obviously, you, you know her. And um, I was uh, saying like, like so I, I again, with you, some man that you d- did that was super, super interesting. And most of them, I didn't even really say much, if anything at all. I just sat there. But you would uh, um, allow a couple of us to like just be in the room a lot of times in observing these uh, donor meetings. Um, and I noticed just like as a, as a kid that like... Um, when trying to raise money, and this is not like some profound thing, but when try, but in this kind of work, when trying to raise money, um, because the person who uh, is donating, you know, there's like a nine point nine out of ten chance that they just don't, uh, you know, engage in this type of work. They probably did not to have that type of money. That being said, they have no fucking idea like what to base their judgment on this program. They literally have no idea. So then it becomes like a uh, an optics game of like how do you what is it that you what is it that people that are donating see or want to see to give their money and how does that affect how a program operates in terms of like being so concerned with the optics because if the optics is what brings in money I'm imagine it can be very hard to not be it's easier to not be dual minded and just be like uh, eventually kind of just start doing everything for the optics but it's a lot more difficult to be like okay I know I need to do this for the sake of like making this look good but then like when it's just like my my tribe like we know what it actually takes and it's it's tough, but I mean, if you can if you can speak to that at all in terms of just getting sucked into that optics game and then like not even doing the actual work, um, if you can talk about that at all, go ahead. Um, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. I would say, for me, it was Arnold Jacobs, and it was uh, saying one thing to one person and the exact opposite to another to get the exact same result. Mm. And I don't mean lying. I'm talking about like just different stimulus, right? So for for me, it was as long as it's legit, like at times going after accessibility with somebody and at another time promoting the fact that we were, um, you know, pipeline to larger things beyond our programs. Um, And so for some kids, it was about, uh, you know, lowering incarceration rates. And for other people, we were saying the word Juilliard. Yeah. Damn. Well, yeah. Um, because they're both true. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, do you think donors... Um, do you think donors are aware of how they impact the work by, like, realizing that people are probably designing these presentations or unfortunately perhaps like their entire company based on like on on making people like themselves happy a do they realize b do they care um i think donors have gotten well it, there's different types of donors right mm-hmm. uh, we talk about individual donors we talk about 
corporate donors, are we talking about um, foundations? One thing I'll say is that foundations have continued to get better and better at actually serving the communities that their grants are intended to. Um, and, and a lot of times I feel like they don't want the fluff anymore, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And then on individual donors, that's case by case. Um, and really it's, it's the job of the program to determine whether or not they're going to make too much of a, if they're going to have to move too much to, um, to get what they need out of that donor. And really it's, it's our job to say no, or just not go after that donor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people are playing around, you know, and they're, they're, they feel like wizards and they're running around with their stick and they're trying to play Fantasia and we're, we don't want to play the Sorcerer's Apprentice, you know? Yeah. So you just have to be really careful about all of those things. I find that most people are well-intentioned, um, but you know, some people are ego driven and then you just play on that. Like, yes, I'll put your name on something if that's what you want. Yeah. Heck yes. Um, and others are, yeah, no, have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I, I, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough, man, because, um, it really does. I mean, maybe it's, it's a bit more personal for me because I came, uh, from these programs, but, um, it, it really, um, yeah, it just, it just bothers me uh, sometimes when it's just really obvious that, um, uh, uh, in this kind of work like that, like the business aspect has gotten, has taken priority, um, over, um, the, the, um, the actual mission statement, the actual goal. And, um, I, I will, I will say though, that I agree with you. I think it's mostly positive. I do think like most people, even if you go into it, not really sure, like, you know, like, what am I doing here working for this thing or, this kind of work, I think like when maybe your first couple concerts or whatever happened, I think it really does put a smile on people's face. Like when, when they're involved and they're seeing like the work, um, uh, uh, going on, but, um, it's weird though. Right. Because, because from a recruitment standpoint, it is in your, it's it's in it, first of all like, like like let's even take it away from like hiring somebody if you're just trying to get someone to do anything right you know how like there's people that'll ask you like are you free <laughs> before they like ask you like you know the, the the thing that they need you to do it's like dan are you free in 10 minutes you say yes and it's like great i need someone to like carry my truck 10 miles down the block like so you know in in that regard like is it how do you how do you hire people and bring people in and expressing the seriousness of that job, but without like making it super intense and scaring the shit out of them? <laughs> right, because there uh, is that thin line between them not like it it not being clear when they're hiring. They're like, "Fuck, I didn't realize I needed to commit this much of like myself and time to this." And then, you know, there's also that thing like, you know, I'm not going to take this because like, I didn't realize I was like signing up to be like a fucking like activist here. So any, anyway, please, if you can speak to that. Well, uh, I think you got to start small and give people, um, let them accomplish smaller tasks and then add more and more. I, I like to use the idea of tricking people into something in terms of like, uh, you know, a year or let's say two years into the job, they can't believe how invested they are. 
but like off the bat, like, you know, that, that seems like it would be like a bit of shame to start with like a, you have to do this, you have to do all this stuff. I mean, like getting the job done, mm -hmm. of course, but like make that as neat as possible and then give them opportunity to explore what those other things are going to be. Because like, let's just be honest, like there's too much to be done. Like, I mean, we're, not, we're, we're implementing things. We are, um, you know, researching them afterwards, but I mean, we're also like research and development on the front end of it. So, you know, the, the way you get people to, to stick is by giving them responsibility, supporting them and allowing for that, I believe, allowing for them to have authenticity within their position. So it's not just like, I'm the coordinator of this. It's like, my name is X and X and I'm the coordinator of this. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it's not this stuff is not plug and play. So coming, you know, you have to really, really, really go to the personality of the of the person. Um, but you know what you're saying about people like signing up for a job. I mean, that's a real thing, right? Mm -hmm. That's a real, real thing. But you have to. I mean, we have to understand that like a lot of our teachers at some of the major conservatories are doing it because it's a job too. Yeah. And if they do it really well, then it doesn't matter, right? You don't have to be the most passionate person in the world or whatever. Like, if you're really good at your job, like, I wish I could be that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the, 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 I guess the, the, um, what, because what, what makes this different is that, you know, in these programs, you're not just teaching trumpet or flute or whatever. You're also, you know, you're being an example to these kids. You're available if, uh, th you know, things need to be discussed on a on a personal level. Which, I mean, that should be, that's how it should be for all, you know, teachers and students. But there's there's like a like an actual verbal emphasis on that in this type of work, and and you know that's how it's it's different than other things, other programs. But um, that being said, I, you know, because I I know that. Uh, programs can struggle to um, uh, hire people and retain people, uh, maybe just due to the demands, like not having been uh, clear, or um, you know, just uh, who, who knows? Who know? Obviously, you know, pay is is something. You know, some private school might be paying double or triple, and I, and I think the point that I'm I'm getting at is is that. Um, you know how how do you how do you bring people in with like that burning desire that you had like similar to you obviously not not it's it's that desire is not going to be in the role of like starting something from the ground up like that's that's a whole other level but like like a burning desire to be like the, a cog in the machine towards like a greater you know a, a mission or purpose like how how uh, do you as someone who has hired people how do you get people to feel that their efforts are truly leading to, you know, positive change in a community or the world or whatever, you know? That's a great question. I mean, it really takes a, it just takes a long time. I mean, I'm thinking about like a, one of our flute teachers at Peabody and like she's not on the logistics end of, of anything. Right. I mean, that's not true. She, she is in on the logistics of like, OK, this student needs to go uh, to audition at this place and all that. But like, you know, like the she understands the 30,000 foot level because she understands what it stands, what it takes for anybody, including students from Baltimore to like achieve at a really high level. Right. Mm -hmm. So totally gets it. And it's just like it's 10 years of 
14 years of her seeing that and her experiencing it and her being involved with it and she totally gets it mm -hmm. now there's th things there like she's you know th this generally happens with full-time people right and at first you uh, for me like if, if i have a person who's there full-time like i don't need them the whole I, I don't need them to be fully bought into our mission i need them to be really good at what they do and i'm finding that to like be one of the reasons why we're connecting more with our graduates right so for instance like you or or bobby woody or something like that like we didn't ask bobby or you to like become um i mean you taught for us and that's in bobby's taught for us and all that kind of stuff but like we didn't say like hey as soon as you're dumb come back and like do this thing with us right mm -hmm. but now look what's happening we're having this conversation about this, which is going to lead to something else. And now but Bobby went off and studied production. Like I couldn't support him in that at Peabody besides to be like, I believe in you and I can give you all the best musical training we can give you here, but we don't have the producer stuff. So he went out and did that on his own, went to NYU and then got really good at what he's doing. And now he's working with us. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm I'm more about like getting people out there, get really passionate about whatever they're doing and then hiring back our grads to do do what they do mm -hmm. to strut their stuff. I can contextualize what you guys do. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we just need people who are really passionate that understand the communities that we're that we're working in. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole nother subject. I was seeing that is just like simply understanding the community and spending enough time with the community that that it's actually understood. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's the, it's the parents Volvo sitting in West Baltimore, right? It's like that Volvo has got to get old enough or that person's got to spend enough time out of there, out there that they get a job and they buy like, you know, what's like an entry level car, like a, a Hyundai something. Yeah. A lot right? of Elantra or some shit. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see that the, so that what that is, is that's, that's mommy and daddy's car the volvo that went to the kid who's somehow in in at at peabody or went to a school in pennsylvania wants to do good work signs up to teach at orchids and they're driving their parents volvo they're on their parents cell phone bill all that kind of stuff if we can keep that teacher or that person until that car is old or they're off their parents cell phone bill and they've truly committed to making that part of their professional life then we've got it mm -hmm. But it takes so long to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. Yeah, um, you know the best uh, uh, thing I can think of in terms of like like what made me even ask you that. Um, yeah, have you seen West Wing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I always admired uh, that year after year. Obviously. Um, uh, working in the White House in any capacity is probably like the best thing you can do to then work for a corporate, like any corporation you want. And that being said, you know, because they always, even in real life, not just a show, they always go off to then like maybe when their administration's done, like someone just like, you know, some big things like, hey, like, do you want to just do what you were doing there, but here for like 10 times more money? But that being said, like in the show, um, I love that like, every time opportunities would come their way that would pay them way more than some government job. Um, they, they stayed because they believe, whether or not like you think like the government is this or that, like they were so bought into what they were doing that um, they turned down like massive paychecks. And, and that, that was, I guess, 
that's kind of my question that like how does how does every program because it does come down to to money like so like especially in this country um convincing a teacher that like why they are making 30 grand and why that experience is more uh, uh, valuable than the 80 grand experience at like some private school somewhere. Like, like I think that's, that's kind of what I was, I was like, like, because you're right, you're right that you do just need them to be good at what they do. But, you know, and, and every program is different, but retention when it comes down to money, it can be difficult. And in that regard, even if they are good at what they do and you maybe see that they're, you know, wavering away, it's like how, again, like how do you just get to that? How do you tell that person like, hey, you're doing good work and you're a part of this bigger thing, even if like you're just doing this one task, you know? And it might be easier for me or someone like Bobby that came from those programs to see it because like we benefit from it. But most of these people coming to these programs are people from, so-and-so city, they probably come from, you know, like 150 grand or up in terms like total income, whatever. Um, how, how do you get them to adjust? Because if that's most of the recruits, you're not just asking them to stay. You're, all, you're asking them to like get used to living in a different socioeconomic group than they came from. Like that, that's what you're also asking. So that being said, how, how do you get them when they get to that checkpoint in their lives to buy into what they're doing from like an emotional standpoint. Yeah, I mean, so I've had little success with with that type of work. I generally find that most people go back to where they're most comfortable and where, um, and and you know, their impact on on our programs is is beautiful, um, but it's they're kind of an auxiliary part of it, right? It's like you've got to have these like pillars. Um, and I'm not sure if we're, we're doing this, but I think you, you told me we might be talking with uh, Camille and Lynette and Kay at some point. Mm-hmm. But like that's that's what we're talking about. Like these people have been around in Baltimore for a long time and like they're pillars of what we're doing there. Um, but I have to say that like I, I was always looking at most of the people that I hired as temporary fixes. Mm. Um, because I saw myself, okay, cool, I'll start this thing, and I'm only one person, um, but I just felt like maybe a lot of people wouldn't understand it. And so, like, maybe, like, you know, at first, maybe I tried to push that a little bit, right, and be like, hey, hey, come on, and, like, with a strong fist. And then I've kind of, like, backed off of that because, like, what I'm, what I see is that, like, the wave that I'm surfing is actually being built by the alumni from the program. Mm. And now it's not, this is what's so cool about this, is it's not just the alumni from our programs now in Baltimore, right? Mm-hmm. Just got a call today from someone in Philadelphia who's like, hey, I've got a girl coming down um, from Philly and she was in our program here. She's going to be perfect. And like there's already dialogue. Like she's already got like this follow the yellow brick road yeah. to Baltimore to start this. And like, I'm going to start using her. And then like, we got another kid, Marcus G coming in this year from, uh, from Durham. And he got a scholarship full ride to Peabody from the Elsa Stum USA scholarship. Um, so he's going to be there. And like, he, he was already at archipelago. So like, I already have this cellist starting as a freshman and like, that's, that didn't happen 10 years ago. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's not just the Baltimore situation. It's that I'm, I'm able to work with people who like know a lot more and like what's going to happen with the other people is that they just they're just going to have to get trained up a bit more and spend some time like maybe they're not maybe the 18 year old is the one that's going to get the job 
And the 24-year-old who graduated from, you know, a liberal arts school in Pennsylvania or whatever, they're going to take the internship. Yeah. And, like, we're reversing that situation already. I mean, I I really, really, really feel that. Um, And then you're not relying on a talent pool that that you know isn't going to last. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, I'd, I would take uh, Keith Fleming to be like a creative director of a program right now over like a 30 year old with an MBA from Harvard, literally any day of the week. Like, and for people listening, Keith Fleming has just finished like his freshman uh, year in uh, Miami, um, University of Miami for, for tuba. But like, that's kind of the point in that um, understanding like the actual like subtleties to this kind of stuff you're which you like like you said earlier you the you need the people that actually just like know the like objective shit to run a business the 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 shit you got to fill out the legal stuff all that of course um but the 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 direction though um you're absolutely right like the the 16 year old might just know probably does just know more about that than some someone who's been alive for uh, twice their age, because uh, it's not about age, it's not about intelligence, it's uh, you're now in this arena where like experience is the thing. It just, it just is. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's kind of that. I mean, and, and with you, which I, I think is really important to, to note, because I, I learned a lot from, the, from this watching uh, uh, you and, and especially like, um, so I met you when um, you were somewhere like what, like 26, 27, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, as the years went by, I, cause you know, you, you, you built this program um, with people you went to school with, friends uh, and, that, that you went to school with. And, and I got to like, you know, obviously I spent a, a lot of time with like your, your circle in that regard. And um, I just noticed that personally, personally, I, I, I feel like you made sacrifices to keep doing this at the intensity and with the time that you can dedicate uh, to, you know, to it and getting this off the ground. Like, I think um, I, I just noticed that as a kid, I was just like, OK, like so and so has like a fucking sixth kid on the way. OK, they just literally cannot do this right now, uh, or at least not at this level, not with this t- type of dedication. And, you, you know, like. Not, not to say that that's the only thing that gets in the way. I mean, there's, there's, there's other factors too. There's fucking depression. There's like uh, just simply getting out of shape and not literally having the physical energy to like do this type of shit anymore. But you, as the years went by, it's something that I, was, I really, really observed as your student. I was like, hmm, he doesn't really seem to be letting any of this like other stuff that most people... I guess are going for at some stage, like get in the way. And, and I, I hate to phrase it that way in terms of getting in the way, but with what, maybe, maybe what I'm getting at is, can you speak to both on a professional and personal level, perhaps the, the, if you wanna do it at your level and as hands-on as you were for the sake of quality control, what are some of the sacrifices one may have to make Maybe it's, it might not be a requirement, but may have to make 
to do what you've done, to create what you've created. Well, I, I mean, I think that's a that's an individual thing because there are people that can do a lot, and depending on what their infrastructure is, they could do. I mean, a ton of stuff. For instance, like um, I have been just because I, I've you know started so many new programs where there may not be money coming in right away. I've I've hesitated to um, have a mortgage, right? Fixed income has been something I have been, I tried to stay away from um, so that I could be as flexible as possible so that like if the businesses weren't making money, then I wasn't, didn't have to take, you know, so much from the till, so to speak, right? Um, but if someone came from cash, then they wouldn't have to sacrifice having a mortgage, right? Okay, fine, that's great. So let's say someone else, okay, let's go with someone else. Let's say that someone is really faith-based and in their culture, someone in the house has to go out and work a bunch of hours every day, yeah. like a bunch of hours, right? And that's just part of what, like, I don't know, what goes on. Then they that wouldn't be seen as any sacrifice at all to like do that. But like in in the type of people I was meeting, they were saying, "Well, how are we going to have babies if uh, if you're going to work so much and dedicate so much time to this?" Um, but if, you know, I think if I would have grown up culturally different in a different culture, that that would have been something that was supported. You know, so like all of these things would just be my own personal sacrifice, not something that like someone else would definitely have to sacrifice in order to do this work, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because like there are people that can do. Everything. I don't know. I was looking at Steve Nash coaching the Brooklyn Nets last night. I'm like, what? What's going on with this guy? Like he's got the fountain of youth. Like he's a good coach. Like who who can like maintain a, a court of giants like that? He had a great career. He almost went to play soccer. Uh, he's he's announcing for soccer, and like there's a million people out there like that. And I'm sure he has a family and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. So there are people that are doing like extraordinary things. Now I think that like being in a profession that pays can help. But also, people f that up too a lot, and they don't do extraordinary things, even though they're being paid a lot of money. So it's really, it's a hard one, you know. I mean, I just say, it's not really about sacrifice. It's more about like just maintaining the discipline. That like not getting worked up about things so much, and not, um, you know, you're going to see four different heads of the of the organization that you've started your thing under and you have to be able to deal with that. So it's like really not taking things personally, not having an ego, having other things in your life uh, that you can charge at. So if that's chess or knitting um, or sandcastle building or like lifting weights or whatever, like you got to do that stuff. You got to like have other things that like geek you out. Yeah. And like, remember when I mean, we're artists, so like if there's not other things that like geek us out, that's, that means maybe we're not actually really artists. Yeah. You know, like, like, so like, okay, this music thing and I'm building this and structuring this and it's music, 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 but like, I don't know, like I should be looking at other stuff too and, uh, and thinking about other things. Yeah. Um, and also like if you're if you're really truly into like human psychology and sociology and all that kind of stuff then like all of this is going to intrigue you and just keep you going because you're going to be in a situation where you're like wow why did that person react that way and then all of a sudden you're not like you're not down about it you're like oh my gosh that person might be a total freak like yeah. I got to know what's going on in their head more and like I think I can convince them that this is the best course of action and, and that that course of action is what's best for the students but like 
we got all kinds of stuff to unpack here. Yeah. So like that's that kind of stuff. Like you gotta like, and and I don't mean to say this like that that people's lives are not a game, right? And like especially when people haven't been given a fair chance, like there is no game in that whatsoever. But like, if you don't take some of it a little bit less serious, then like you're you're gonna burn it out. Yeah. It's just absolutely so. Like, you know. For instance, if it, I, I have 10 different vendors I'm going to for brass repair, like I got to think about that as a game, like I'm playing Pac-Man or something like and like get into that and have, have make it a game because you, you know, you, you go crazy if you if you didn't. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I, I and I ask this just because, um, yeah, again, to, to people listening, uh, Dan and I have had like crazy fucking phone calls um, on a lot of <laughs> what we've we've spoken about today and you know I think you and I are both speaking about it in a way where it's like clear for people and it's it's like you know it's not like our own specific like bullshit or, or issues that we might have with it but that being said uh, Dan something I, I've said to you a million times um, for me arguably the biggest my biggest pet peeve in the the, the work that um, uh, this this kind of work, community work, um, is not being able to talk about um, just all the uh, like just, you know perhaps the ugly shit that goes into making it so pretty on the outside. Um, it's it's uh, you know I, I've I, again when I was a kid I remember going to this uh, orchids thing where um, I don't know if it was annual or just something like where you you know you invite other program leaders and I, you know this pamphlet it's like okay you know uh, reach out to this see if you can get instruments donated and this thing for you know to where to like the facilities you know creating partnerships with schools blah 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 and I'm going through this pamphlet and I'm just like yo like. Where's like the human aspects of this that actually make this thing fucking work? Like, yeah, like the, I don't, I'm, the whites, right? Yeah, you know, like, like, like where, where the fuck? Like, no one, no. In this pamphlet, doesn't talk about how, like, you know, uh, you know, like I've I spent probably a hundred hours a year from the first year that I like I've known you, of you basically just like you know, uh, uh, hearing me out on whatever the fuck it is that's going on in my life. And like, that's just one fucking kid. I'm just one kid. I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> none, none of that had, it had everything to do with music and nothing to do with music, right? It could have, it could have had nothing to do with music Absolutely. if you would have taken your life in a different direction, yeah. which would be totally fine too. Yeah. And it's, um, so I guess to phrase it in a very clear, like question, you know, or, or just statement for you to respond to is just that like, um, I, I want you and anyone else who comes on here to really get into the like the the shit that maybe you wouldn't say at a seminar or like some formal event, you know, where you're wearing your blazer and shit and all that. Like like because there is a lot of shit that goes into making these programs that no one ever says at, says at these like official events. So you know, I, you take the floor. Yeah. Do you have, uh, do you have issues with the blazer? Because of your broad shoulders? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, it's really odd. Like, now, I, I look good in a suit. Like, if it's like a, you know, 
like the full suit, but like a blazer makes me look very boxy. Yeah, I, I either look like like a box or a pyramid, and um, yes, an upside down pyramid. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. one that's on its its little the top. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that's why football players like don't look great in suits. Like they look great as human beings, but they just look like fucking. I don't know. It looks like a parody of something when they're wearing a suit. Anyway. Yeah. For, yeah, except for maybe like some of the wide receivers. Yeah, and, those guys, yeah. You know, those kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so I tried to get rid of the blazer a long time ago. Um, and also, like, I really stopped getting hired once I started to answer questions in the way that you're talking about, mm. um, which is which is very interesting. Um, and I'm certain that it's, it had most to do with my delivery and not actually the content of what I'm saying. Mm. I mean, I think I think we should leave most of that for, for a different time, but um, I mean, anybody who's, every one of us has been in some sort of family, even if that's foster care or you know, living with one grandparent or whatever, and like, it's, it's really hard to explain the family dynamic and what happens in the family to get to the point where like, the family shows up at a reunion or shows up at church and like not everything is totally screwed, you know? Yeah. Like there's nothing, like there's, it's so much, it's not talked about. Like the fights, the the whatever, like, you know, I mean, could we sober grandpa up enough to get to church? Like all these things, you know, this is like real, real stuff. Um, you know, I think it does need to be talked about more. Um, I th I always felt like that stuff was implied and people could just tell how much work we were growing, going through. I, I was taught not to talk about that stuff. I know it's not right, but we, I, I, we were taught to work on your, your stuff as much as you can. And then when you show up at church or wherever that place you have to show up at, you show up at, like you put on the best foot forward as you possibly can and then you go back and work on it some more. So like you can, like when you're presenting yourself, you present yourself to the best of your ability, but then as soon as you're back at home, you start to work again, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And so this is where like, and I, I see this in a lot of my families too, like, you know, my mom, we had an inspection before we left the house because like she didn't want anyone there thinking that like we were poor. And you know, and mm -hmm. this, is, this is this whole idea of like, you know, I come to school dressed in this, but my home looks like this, or I drive around in this, but my home looks like this and yeah. like, I mean, I, I totally get it. I think one of the things we have to do though is that like we can present ourselves in public the best we possibly can, but then we have to immediately go and unpack the, our dirty laundry and unpack our whites as a family or whatever and do that. So I guess my argument is like if you're, or my point is if, if you're taking care of that stuff, mm -hmm. I think it's okay for that to happen. You know, that, that, that's what I mean, you're I, saying. Yeah, sorry, uh, please continue your thought. I, I just think about like, you know, we, we know everything about these band dynamics now, but like, man, like there was like Bob Marley and the Whalers, like when Peter Tosh was there and stuff, like it was a shitty situation and they were going through, through so much to make that great music, you know? It's like, wow, like really, really hard, hard things. Mm -hmm. um, or imagine like when people are addicted to drugs and they're in a band. And what other what other people are going through in that band? I mean, you've seen you've probably read the Dirt or seen the Motley Crue thing. Oh, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, yep. can you imagine? Yep, yep. But yet every night they were trying their best to put on the be their best show. So their best foot was being put forward for the, what they could do that day. Unfortunately, what they were not doing is unpacking their dirty laundry between shows yeah. Yeah. Uh, to to continue to go. So I'm, you know, 
in general, I'm okay with that best foot forward because that's what I want to do. I want my shoes to look good when I go out. Yeah. You know, I think maybe that the idea is don't go out as much. Mm. Like don't don't put yourself forward like that until like until you don't have to shine your shoes up right before you go out. I think about this. Okay, my, I get home from my last gig. My shoes get shined up right away. I put them under the bed. I'm working on myself. And maybe I don't have as much time. Maybe I have more time between a gig because I need to work on my stuff. Mm-hmm. Or we as a band need to work on our stuff. And I think that's where I get it. Like, so the dog and pony show or like getting out there to the donors and all that. Like, if you're doing too much of that, then you're not cleaning your laundry. Mm-hmm. You know, most likely. Yeah. Unless you're some sort of freak of nature baller, you know, that can do that. But, you know, most musicians that tour and tour and tour, like, you don't hear their music get, get a lot better. Until they get off tour and they sit down and they start shedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. So you're, dude. You're you're not wrong at all because I do think that um, everyone, to some degree, has to play the like my, you know, uh, you know, my house built on the outside. You, did, I don't know if you did this as a kid, but maybe like a good analogy is like the gingerbread houses. Um, you would just like put the fucking frosting on like these, you know, those like milk cartons from school and then just like slap the gingerbread cookies on there. So on the outside, it's like this like gingerbread house. But if you just scraped off <laughs> all the bullshit, it's just fucking milk cartons. You can't even eat it. So right. that, I, I, I understand that. I, I understand it from that context now or from that point of view in terms of like for the sake of a product, for the sake of like a for-profit corporation. Now, again, assuming, perhaps this is naive of me, assuming that everyone is going into this kind of work with the only intention of being someone who can like help this aspect of a community or a community as a whole move forward in a positive light. Assuming that is everyone's goal, is it not... Within this kind of work, would it not be important to make it really clear, similar to what we said before, where it's like you're not scaring someone to not like, you know, go into that thing. But at the same time, you're finding a way to like express the seriousness of what they're about to do. And I say that not just for the sake of... um, um, you know, just like like telling everyone about like your shit or whatever for the sake of just doing that. But it's like uh, you and I have we we I, I obviously you know I, I won't say any names. There's a there's a guy that you and I both know that like we have felt uh, went into that work perhaps because it seemed easy and because there is personal benefit of appearing like a community leader. Uh, that being said, it's like how do you? I, I believe it's important to talk about the the nitty gritty and for that to be more open to um, potentially prevent people from starting programs that aren't serious. Uh, potentially from start people uh, prevent people from starting programs that perhaps uh, see it as like, well, I mean, how do I? I have something to benefit if I'm in this lane of work and can like say that I help so and so community. Probably as a white person, probably, and and that's why I prefaced it by saying that like giving everyone the benefit of the doubt that that is not that is not like the the majority of people. But at the same time, I would say that like talking about this stuff maybe to the donors or the people you know with money maybe they don't need to hear about this. But when people are coming to maybe uh, 
you or someone else and they're like, okay, like I want to start my own thing or I have this thing with five kids and I want to expand. And then having this pamphlet list out all these things that are like just really has nothing to do with the human process. I believe that that allows pretenders to become responsible for human lives. So, I mean, that, that, that's just my opinion. I, I don't, you know. Agreed. Agreed. And that's why you got to get into a fellowship program or you got to, you got to work on the ground level of something, whether it be a teacher or something until you can see, I remember, I remember when you took your first job with orchids, you came back and was like, Oh my God, like, this is a lot. Yeah. Like there's a lot going on here. And like that you would, I mean, I remember having that conversation, like you were like, okay, well, I'm probably not going to start one of these things anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you know, you have to, uh, um, uh, yeah, I mean, what, getting that insight from the from the inside, um, it, it it can be daunting when you just realize um, uh, how much is is going into it. And and again, I mean, more more so with with that. I think the time that I joined it being fairly recent from a teaching artist perspective, when you join something that's like become like a uh, a much bigger thing than it than it was, I think that's just a symptom of 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 that really of just being like okay, like. Um, yeah, yeah. When 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 expansion is a priority, um, yeah, everything everything will seem daunting because it's just like, well, like like fuck. It's like a it's like an earthquake that like never fully stops. It's just like always at like this two point because we're like we just keep trying to like fucking expand and do this and go into this direction. So that's a conversation for <laughs> another time. Yes, I mean, I mean, look, look, a, a, a easy way to remedy that is to create an ensemble. And to have those the the numbers set, create a symphony orchestra, create a you know ma- make up your version of what a hip hop ensemble is, and fill those slots, mm-hmm. and don't go above that. And then once that gets really good, start a second ensemble, and don't go above that. And like I, I think that was one of the things that you know like a lot of our work um, has influences and ties to Venezuela, and like that's what we saw them do. Now I mean I. You know, they were doing it with the symphony orchestra mostly, but um, then it went to the big band and all these other things. Like, it's cool. Like, you you know, if, if you're a music person, make an ensemble and that's your, that's your social change avenue. And then don't get any bigger than that. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't need to. I mean, like one, one good orchestra and, and you're set. And remember that also like, well, I mean, I think at that point, what you, what, you need to do is listen to the community and figure out what is, what is needed. Uh, um, asking you, uh, I mean, 10 years in, uh, so 10 plus years in, um, from, for both of your, the programs that, um, you created orchids tuned in, um, uh, archipelago. Uh, so multiple, just the creative connections, just, um, uh, yeah, this is tough because right? I've asked everyone, like almost everyone, this and like from people in different industries, especially people that have worked with a lot of people, and I'm always interested to hear um, the response. That being said, um, both you know, just in your life, personally, professionally, all the experiences you've had, all the people you've met, all the things that you've done. If there's someone listening to this that wants to 
go down the road that you have, and it might not even be music, but just in community work, uh, basically inserting themselves into somewhere and like changing it, changing things for the better, and not just single-handedly, but like empowering the people to be a part of that change. Um, how does someone, what, what, what is the mindset now that maybe you had starting off and now that you have, um, you know, seeing all of these things get to this higher level, um, you know, it's, it's hard to even, you know, where to, where to start. But if you could just give somebody some insight that wants to go down this road, where would you, where would you start? I mean, just start small, start really small, just like if you're, you know, a musician or a surfer or whatever, like, like think about where you started um, and how slow and small the growth was but but by having the beginner's mind you still have this like you know when you start to play the tuba right like you might think you sound like Arnold Jacobs already and you're in, you're in your little band and you're playing and like you want that but then you're also just like really working in a small way like I don't know it's like how can you do something that's natural but but also not natural because in order to create change there has to be something there that's not that's that's different right mm -hmm. so you got to kind of like figure out how you can make something as natural as possible to oops i think you went out there for a sec on your mind yet right mm -hmm. like it really you can just stop and it's done and so like to getting something that's imprinted into what you do and starting small is like really 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 important uh, um i think another thing is uh what are you serving and keep continuing to ask that question like i feel like in our in our business a lot of people are serving the music and not the community and you can do both, but you, you've got to really work at that. So like for me, it was always about, it is always about serving the community and then everything else becomes much clearer. Like you might find that like, you know, so you say, okay, I want to do this. Well, ask the community first or react once you start something, because you might find that like the blues music that you love doesn't resonate with the community you're working with, or the reggae doesn't resonate with the community or classical music doesn't uh, resonate. And so really like not structuring or demanding things until you figure out what's going on. And so that's just time and time and time. Now, that doesn't mean you have to spend all the time in one place. It just means that like you need to spend a lot of time serving other people mm -hmm. um, and listening to other people in other communities and to figure out what they want. And then you can find this right balance between like what your skill set is and what... Uh, and what the community's needs are and wants are. Yeah. And I think oftentimes what you'll find is like what you're maybe the best at is not the thing that your program ends up like be, it being your program's wheelhouse, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And that kind of listening and flexibility will actually, it, it there's mad street credit there because you're like, oh, this is a classical musician who came in and like now we're doing blues and like they're, they've learned the blues. Mm -hmm. You know things like that yeah um 
Yeah, those are, I mean, those are the big ones, like starting small and just continuing to listen all the time and, and morph things. Um, I think we might get some criticism in Baltimore about like not having um, a, like a pre-K through 12 roadmap all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because like we're listening and trying to adjust things all the time. Um, and you know what you might be seeing from other program offerings in the city where it's like they've been doing a symphony orchestra for you know 150 years or a jazz band for 60 years or a marching band for this long like you might not find that in our programs because like we're adjusting all the time mm -hmm. right like it was it was brass band for a while and now it's it's brass band and now it's all these uh, kids doing production yeah. um and you know, it started with interpretation of Western European classical music, and then changed to interpretation of, um, you know, more American, African American, urban music, and then it became students composing on their own, right? This like mor morphing all the time, all the time, and that's another thing. Like, like stay with the business world. Like, like the Nike doesn't look the same as it does, or that's a retro, and then they've realized that that's cool, so like that's part of the business world. But like, get get hip to it, like change things around, try something different to to uh, you know to, to gain more constituents or more consumers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's uh, uh, I you know I, I I've said this to to you. Uh, before, um, I admire your, I, I can't, honestly, I can't tell if it's humility or, or maybe like a lack of awareness, um, but <laughs> I think a lot of the shit that you just said that in terms of what it takes, um, I mean, it just, it's kind of just like rolling off of your tongue, but there's so many fundamentals to what you just said that, that it, I mean, it kind of it kind of requ it requires someone to be extremely emotionally intelligent. Like, you know, I I know kind of it literally just it, I know it this for you. I guess you just kind of you know it just comes out. But like the whole like um, knowing when to put the pressure on, backing off, and um, uh, you know being open to this, possibly being wrong about this, like like. It's easy to say that stuff, but then when you unpack what that like requires from a human being, that that's the tough part. Um, so crazy, crazy, crazy combination of uh, um, of ability and humility, um, and somehow finding confidence in moving forward, but also not to the point where you are stuck in your own ways. Like that, that's. I mean, that, at this point now, I mean, you know, that that's bigger than, than your work. I mean, now you're kind of just talking about being like, I don't know, in a way, just being an elite human. So um, I'll leave it at that. But because everything you just said, if, you know, people uh, approached whatever they did, um, whatever industry, um, they'd be wildly successful. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, which I'm kind of learning is the, uh, is the theme so far of all my episodes is that everyone doing all these things at a high level, um, uh, you know, the, the somehow the fundamentals of what like it just what is required of the human somehow they're they're all the same in every field at the highest level. So, um, 
Yeah, man. I mean, that that's it's it's incredible. Uh, you know, I, obviously, maybe I'm biased. I, I've I've uh, benefited greatly from uh, your work um, personally, but um, you know, I've been around uh, enough. I've seen enough of uh, you know other things, other programs to to know that you really did. Like outside of my bias, you really did create something special man with the with the way that like you approach this kind of work so um you know obviously you're not done but but seriously hats off to you here's to a you know another decade or whatever whatever it is that you're you're up to and or you know is coming next um i'm just sure it's going to be um that's going to be the difference that that insight that uh, ability to question what you're doing yet like still move forward and and not overthink you know so um yeah it's incredible but, man well, see our, our youth um have a lot to learn right now about thinking and being aware but not overthinking and i'm this is another thing like just bring it up like okay i have no idea what that means I just know that that's that is something that our youth need to tackle in a way that we weren't even you are not as going to be adept at it because like you grew up in a time where like things were like more the way they were mm-hmm. right this is before me too this is before black lives matter this is before like like I mean not that there wasn't there's was a ton of struggle then but like there was like more of a like fall in line and do this mm-hmm. And you and I had a lot of conversations about that, about like how much, you know, as a black man that you were going to do that and you and how much you weren't going to do that, you know. And now it's like there's a lot more talk about this. And what I worry about with all the talk is how important it is. But then, like, are we putting our babies in a situation where they're going to have to overthink and not just be able to be like, hey, like, what's that blade of grass made of? Oh, I'm going to be a I don't know what what you call people that study grass or whatever, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I guess that's like uh, marijuana uh, growers yeah. or something. But like, you know, you know, like, like, like just the pure ambition to like step forward without questioning. Yeah. And that's something that I think that there's a, a new, a new brain that can be developed and, and, and incubated that has this ability to be discerning and like really hypercritical of things, but also like totally open and free and all that and so like those kind of thoughts like there's no way that i can't be involved and the the only way to be involved because my brain is not going to be one of those brains because i grew up in like you know like the whatever the the tupac uh bruce hornsby song the way it is yeah yeah you know we were trying to change that stuff and like but it's like gonna be more changed and more changed but these kids still have to every kid whether they're an affluent african-american kid you know, from outside of Philadelphia, a, a poor white kid from south side of Philadelphia, a rich kid from Connecticut, like we they're going to have to confront this. They all deserve the, 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 you know, the right to have like a beginner's mind with something, but also like their their the information they have and and what's being asked of them is is a lot. Yeah. Um you're absolutely right, man. And the way I, I was kind of putting it in my head is like, um, there's a lot of like refining happening before creating. Um, mm-hmm. Like, um, fuck, I, I'm totally, I, I mean, sometimes like I'll, I'll create stuff and um, um, 
I'm like thinking of like logistics that won't matter until like stage 10 and like it's paralyzing the fuck out of me to just like, <laughs> just like, you know, come through with step one. And um, I mean, it's a blessing to be, first of all, it's a massive blessing to at least be self-aware enough to realize you're an overthinker um, uh, because... Jesus. I mean, if you're an overthinker and you don't have that self-awareness, like you, you can't even like understand your own tendencies. And that's when you like just really are getting in your way. Um, but anyway, on, 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 a, on another note though, man, like you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and I, I get it. I get it. There's consequence these days to doing things uh, in maybe in insensitive ways or non-inclusive ways. Um, but it's just one of, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's, it's just create it and then let people tell you what, what, you know, what's up with it. If there's something that could be better, if there's something wrong and, you know, it's, it's not like anyone's out here is like trying to, you know, create the fucking atom bomb or something. It's like, yo, just, just whatever. It's a program or a song or a project or whatever. Um, you're probably not doing something terrible. So you just go at it, just do it. And then, you know, maybe have some close friends like review your work or whatever you're doing um, before like you put it out there. Who knows? But there's there's ways that you can just like create without having to like worry about uh, the optics like within the creativity, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're in an interesting time right now, man. Uh, we, we and it's not even just that. I mean, I, I think right now um, it requires you to have um in like it almost in an in intense like tunnel vision when like working on your own shit in the sense that like um more than ever i think if someone was making like a shoe company in the 70s or 80s or some some shit um like even if they knew so and so was this huge shoe giant i i don't think like they saw all the shit that we now see like now we see like nike like documentaries about how massive Nike is, like the Instagrams, this and that. We see the billboards, we see random clips about it, crazy advertising. And it's like, so now you have all this information that might like, um, it can either inform you on how to start your own thing or just like scare the shit out of you and be like, I'm not that big. I'm not that massive. Like, how do I compete with this thing? And um, anyway, I mean, there, there's a, there's with the rate of information, I think like, to really long, long to, to kind of make um, both of our points like the the rate of information that ev everyone is getting today uh, you have to be so good at like deciding how that information is helpful to you or if it's just noise um, or if it's not like it, it's man it's it's weird man we're, we're in an interesting time and I guess bringing it back to students and and kids they are definitely um, there definitely is like some like, you know, just hesitancy to move forward in a lot of students for whatever reasons. But you're you're right. It, it is something that that needs to be uh, addressed. And I'm not really sure if it can be addressed without just by leading by example, you know, which I, I think you've done um, with with your career, with your program. So. Um, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. on a positive note, though, every generation to some degree figures it out. Um, you know, we're becoming more aware of like the psychology of social media. And like now there's like, you know, schools that are offering um, degrees specifically in like focusing on the effects of social media 
on a you know psychological level. So, um, you know, as we're transitioning into like this time that like no one recognizes, man, it's it's uh, yeah. That's and this is why you got to know your history because you got to know, like, you got to be like aware that there was once a time where like people smoked cigarettes because they were told it was good for them, not just like yeah. not bad, like there were people smoking them that thought like it was improving their health. Like Coca-Cola yeah. with cocaine in it, yeah. margarine with saturated fats off the hook. Yeah. Um, when, when it was like, oh, well, you should, it's, it's better to, because the astronauts are doing this to put your food in a microwave that's pre-made, that's like whipped up. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's, it's absolutely crazy. You know, an- another thing that gets me is, uh, is, is, over cleanliness mm. and like lack of bacteria and like we're gonna see a lot of people getting sick not 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 covid sick but like mm. sick because they've been over sterilized yeah. and i think that's actually going into like people's uh lack of affinity for nature now because mm-hmm. it's like there's dirt there and things like that and i mean man if the just this is all nature right like new york city down to like every hot dog there is nature mm-hmm. the cement is nature humans are nature it's all part of a, i mean i'd love to think that nature was just like the middle of nowhere canada where like nothing's been untouched but that's just not the case that place has been forested too um but things change so quickly that you got to get out there and just see it mm-hmm. Like, think about it. Think about New York before COVID. And then, like, I don't know how many, what the percentage of restaurants that are gone. And then new restaurants are going to be there. So you get, you need to see it. You need to see the nature of New York before COVID, after COVID, next year, when there's years where there's no COVID. Because if you don't, it, it just changes. Yeah. And, like, you're like, oh, remember New York in the 70s? No, I didn't. I wasn't there. Yeah. Right? You got to see it. You got to go. And then the 90s, to zeros, all this, the same thing with nature. Like get out there and see it because like it's changing all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's so amazing how quickly things are changing. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, and, and again, I like bringing it back to uh, uh, your point. Uh, I don't think this is maybe the things we're seeing now are new to 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 the world, but in terms of like just having to stay on your toes and act and. Um, you know, for anyone, anyone who's trying to create something, really maybe do something uh, special. I feel like, you know, the whole uh, uh, ask for forgiveness and or, or no, it's better to ask for uh, uh, forgiveness and permission. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of noise out there, whether it's like, you know, a kid or adult or whatever, um, you know, and it's, it's not even just like creating programs or stuff like that. Maybe. There, there's a lot of things that maybe we don't do because we're just so concerned about uh, um, the the optics, you know. So, anyway, man, I think. But again, with students, though, um, with your students, um, again, like I said in the very beginning, I think I I, f- I felt privileged in knowing that um, when you're just trying to get something off of the ground, there is this inevitable, like brute, like br- just just. Uh, uh, yeah, you just you just have to fucking go after it, even if you're not totally sure, like what's how it's gonna end. Um, and man, that might sound basic, but like you can't teach that in business school. You can't teach that at all. Like you can't just teach like attacking something with like full, you know, having this faith and under like trying, you know, controlling this, but then just letting th- these certain things play out the way that they need to play out. And um, 
Yeah, man. I think I think a lot of the students um, that that have come up, you know, from you and other programs um, similar to, to yours, I think they're going to have that natural insight, um, maybe more so than others. So, um, well, hopefully, I mean, look, I I think that um, there's a big difference between the predatory nature of a saber toothed tiger, rest in peace, mm-hmm. and that coming after whatever the human form we were at that point when the saber tooth tiger was around. I'm not sure if a homo sapien was what we were at that point yet or not. But those big tooth tigers were coming after us, no doubt. Okay? And we've also got predatory lenders on every block trying to come after us, trying to get same day cash, trying to whatever. I, I, I know that, I mean, I agree with you that every generation, every whatever has their thing. But I, I just I can't see the predatory lender and the in the saber tooth tiger being the same predators, mm. and it worries me about the pre- predatory nature of what's going on right now because it's numbers and it's fractions of of pennies, um, and it's so much advertising. And like the saber tooth tiger wasn't doing that; it was just simply like. I'm going to eat your ass right now if I can, or you're going to climb up this tree. And those that climb up the trees then had babies and then created stronger mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, maybe that's the same thing. Maybe it's just like it's simply we're changing from the body becoming more evolved to the mind becoming more evolved. And that will eventually evolve beyond advertising and beyond the predatory nature of people and, and money and things like that. Like it, it totally could happen. I mean, I, 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 see, I see it as very similar things to um, like something trying to come after us in nature, but um, it just feels so much more massive. Like it could affect like billions of people and not just like, you know, this, you know, it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm interested in how we evolve based on the fact that like, we've gotten a lot more comfortable with like actually being, you know, having sustenance and actually like living longer lives and things like that. Yeah. Like how, how do we really push forward generation by generation when even though that is totally the case because we're ruining our environment and like we're not in shape anymore and we're, we're you know, I think that this generation is the first generation where actually the, the life expectancy rate in America has gone down. Mm. So maybe we're actually seeing a reverse in what we're doing. Um, but these things are like, to me, don't feel as immediate as that saber-toothed tiger trying to get my ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, dude, I, I think that's spot on. In, in conversations that I've had, similar conversations, um, I know someone has probably made, there's probably like a word for this term, but it's like um, if there was like some graph or something that showed you the growth um, or the gap between like... Um, the average citizen and like the knowledge that they have and then like the top 10 or five or 1% and like the knowledge that they have. There was like just some like graph that showed the gap like over the years um, and not even just knowledge, but maybe even just like threat, like like f- even in a physical sense, like threat, threat level. Like if I can give a, a, an example, um, Abe Lincoln, for example, people used to be able to just like walk into the White House and like kind of like speak their mind. Uh, He didn't have like secret service. He didn't have like these guys 
that could protect the fuck out of him at any second. Like literally, if someone, I mean, and they did fucking kill him. It's kind of my point. Like, like in that, like the relationship between the average person and the powers that be, like the gap between like, can you, can you like touch the people that are like run, running this world? Like that, that gap clearly grows as time goes on. Like you can't just, like, even if they're a terrible, terrible, and I'm not saying anyone should, it's like, even if they're a terrible, terrible leader, it is literally impossible to just like touch the, these people. Um, that, and, and, and that's more in a physical sense, but even the, the knowledge, I think what you're saying is spot on just because like the, the people that know are now, they're like using psychology, like corporations are using psychology as a weapon to yes. sell more shit. And like, like, so it is the gap between those who know and don't know, like obviously, right, it's, it's just fucking wide. It's very, 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 very wide. Um, like like we, we talk about the wealth gap a lot, but like, like people at the very, very top just see shit, like see slices of life that like you just literally do not see if uh, you're up there, you know? Anyway, I mean, to, to, to conclude this, man, like, Back in the day, like the richer people had like nicer carriages and nicer horses, but they were still horses and carriages. Like, like the person in the poor people just maybe had like less, like like they weren't pure breeds, and the carriages didn't have like, you know, the little like rooms and shit they could sit in there. Maybe there were no carriages, just the horse, but it was still within like that same level of like shit. Like, but that gap between like what the powers that be have in the average person. I mean, it's just fucking massive right now. So you're right in that. Like, I, I mean, I'm also interested in how um, that gap continues to grow without people at the top taking advantage of that gap. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm sure there's like actual terms and studies and shit on this that I just don't know about, but it's something I've been curious about. So, yeah. Oh man, we got, we got more episodes to do because I'm thinking like also... Like, how do you get out of that train and how do you get out of that mentality where like it's even being used as a poison? Like you just look at it and you're like, this is funny. Mm -hmm. um, but then all of us are, are at, you know, at some point we're going to get trapped into something. There's going to be something out there, mm -hmm. right? It's going to be a shiny new tuba for me, a, a paddleboard or something that I'm going to be like, oh, I got to have that. <laughs> and like, you know, the guy's... Like they they know that the guy can't be twenty two with an eight pack on the on the ad. They know it needs to be a forty two year old with like a four pack, yeah. right? With yeah. like a little bit more bulk in the chest because like I don't want to be that twenty two year old. I'm the four. I'm a forty two year old. Yeah, yeah. And they know that. I mean, it's it's amazing. But you know, in the end, like you know, all the food, all the fancy restaurants, all this kind of stuff, like. If you eat beans and rice and mango, as long as you're not like, you know, have gluten problems or whatever, like, and you like, you know, all that kind of stuff, like that's going to be way better for you. You'll live a better life all, you know, so it's like, it's like assessing like, what is it that you're trying to do? Like, if you're trying to meet the biggest people in the world and all that, then that's something different than like your body feeling great and your mind feeling great and you having control no matter like what you you having a awareness not control excuse me you having awareness of like every what's going around on around you and like if you're not playing the system you're not playing the system but you still know and you're still knowledgeable right mm -hmm. and i i know see i know that like 
from where you're from that there are many people that are like that. Yeah. Really okay. smart people with a ton of integrity, a ton of dedication to their, their heritage and their culture that eat really well, that hang out really well. And, um, but they're not at like the top of the food chain economically or something like yeah. that necessarily. Yeah. But like if you, if you like, those are at least for me, those are the people that I want to be like, that's what I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. dude, I, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. And I, I like the, that you use the word specifically uh, systems because um, at the top, um, whether good intentions or bad, I mean, I, I don't think you can get there unless through nepotism without being um, very, very, very aware of systems, which is not, um, I do not believe that is natural for humans past like the tribe dynamic. Like I, I do, I do think that we have those instincts to uh, be aware of like, you know, forming a pack or a tribe or something like that. But like in terms of like the, you know, inner workings of like, you know, how to, you know, rise up in the fortune 500 world and like all this like little shit. It, it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, there's just a, another level in, in human evolving where it's just like, yeah, certain people were just naturally maybe more susceptible. Obviously, resources and inequality, obviously, those are have a, 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 a factor in it. But there are certain people that are just like naturally more aware of systems and like how to move those pieces around to get to where they need to be. So anyway, man, um, that being said, man, uh, again, like with with what you're doing, um, I, I've yeah, I've 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 that is that has been what's special of, about uh, what you're doing. I think I think people come out of uh, programs like Tuned In um, as uh, thinkers, which you can't really put a price on. Um, it's really hard to like show someone why that may uh, be, be valuable, but um, when someone comes out of something and they feel empowered to do what they want to do, um, that's a really special thing, um, you know? So, I'll, shit, I'll leave it at that. I love it, man. Thanks for the props, I appreciate it. Yeah, well, shit, man, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. I, you know, I know you're a busy dude. Um, to, to people listening, uh, this is Dan Trahey. Um, yeah, always do, always up to something, man. Uh, and yeah, so thank you to everyone listening. Uh, this is a song called Life. Uh, we are out. Peace.